today we're really excited, thankful, blessed to have uh, Dr. Peter Asiyama with us. He is um, a pastor at Kingdom Glory Church in uh, Taylorsville. It's an international church with lots of people from different backgrounds and places. And then he's also the director of the Vine Institute. And the Vine Institute, could you put that slide up for me? about the Vine Institute. Thank you. Um, It connects and equips Christian leaders from among God's diverse people, strengthening churches in the Intermountain West. They resource and train many local ethnic and Anglo cult churches and are passionate about a church without borders. And so um, I really appreciate that ministry. I've received so much from it. Um, They they provide such a critical uh, resource in our valley, uh, resourcing ethnic churches and resourcing Anglo churches, all of us together. Um, every time this time of year, I start working a lot more with Peter and also Kay Rudd works as a missionary with the Vine as well. And so I start working with Peter and Kay and Liz and lots of other people Um, Corky and Aaron are helping us this year, and lots of people from other churches uh, for the Global Day of Prayer. And I just want to prepare you all, that's May 23rd. I think it's such a valuable and important um, celebration that we do annually when we pray for the world and when we join together with people from other cultures and other countries to pray for the world. And I think it's so valuable Um, I also appreciate Peter personally. Um, He's modeled peace, faith for me as a leader. He's always encouraging me. He, um, I thought this was funny because I described you like as a rock. And I'm like, oh my goodness, his name is Peter. (laughs) You know, Peter's just a solid uh, friend and ministry partner that I can count on. I, I call him and his voice just cheers me up. And he's just steadfast. Um, I'm thankful that Peter can come to local pastors' meetings. One thing you might not know is that many pastors uh, that lead um, churches where English might not be the primary language or where most of the people are from other cultures uh, besides the U.S., um, most of those pastors have day jobs. So they work really hard jobs all week long, and then they lead church congregations And so they can't come. A lot of those pastors cannot come to um, pastors' meetings in the Valley. And I'm so thankful that Peter is able to come to those meetings to represent um, those pastors with us and to remind us of the diversity in God's body. So um, I'm always blessed and encouraged by Peter's insight. You can follow his leadership um, advice and counsel on Facebook and Instagram, so you can get tidbits from him there, which I also appreciate. So let's welcome um, Peter Asiyama. Hello, good morning. Uh, yes, I'm Peter Asiyama, and uh, originally from Ghana, West Africa. I'm married with one wife, and uh, I have two kids, a boy and a girl. 
they are teenagers, so they taught me how to intercede. I've been in Utah for about 18 years now, and uh, I came to Utah as a missionary, specifically to Utah because I first met a group of people in Africa and uh, riding bicycles, and I asked them where they're coming from, and they told me they are from Utah, and uh, there was a struggle between our local church and a piece of property we wanted to buy, and the city said, no, we cannot sell it to you. But when I realized later that that group of people have bought that particular property, I said, who are these people? So I was touched to know more about that group of people, and I got to know that they were the Mormons. So I decided to come straight to Utah, the headquarters of the Mormons, to minister to them. So, so that what happened. And I've been here. Somebody asked me, who sent you here? What was the denomination? I said, I, I sent myself. I sent myself because my church will, will not be able to sponsor me and bring me here. So I, I, I came by myself. And uh, when I came to Utah, the first pastor to invite me for lunch was Pastor Cocky. And he took me to lunch and he began to ask me why I am in Utah and to know more about my mission and my purpose. So I was blessed to meet such a man of God who helped me to feel at home. So being here this moment is not an accident. I first met your pastor at that particular time, Pastor Koki, and he gave me a right hand of fellowship in the valley. So I appreciate you very much, and I thank God for Pastor Sarah and Aaron and all the leadership team, and for giving me the opportunity to come today to have fellowship with you and to share the word of God with you. There's one thing I want you to know, the church, the fellowship. I want you to know this. When I came here first, uh, when I came to Utah, there was always a program going on here. And that became my feeding ground. A place where I can come and to be nourished and to be empowered. So I want you to know that the fellowship has contributed to the spiritual atmosphere of Utah. Can you give yourself a hand of applause? Can you clap for Jesus? Oh, I didn't hear you clapping. The fellowship, some of you may not know it. It's one of the spiritual churches in the valley. And they have contributed immensely towards pulling down strongholds, pushing away darkness, and opening doors and now we have a bunch of churches coming to people coming to plant churches in Utah. So the fellowship is a great and a powerful church in this valley. We are not talking in terms of numbers, we are talking in terms of impact and spiritual light 
in this city and in this state. So I want to congratulate you for that because I was a witness and I enjoyed it very much when I came here. Anytime you have some different, different, different programs going on, you invite people from different, different places and different nations to come. And so uh, that was a blessing to me very much. And I appreciate that, that particular thing that God has been using this church to accomplish. And you are still doing it. I so I felt it today through the worship. The year, this was it. During the worship, I felt that, yes, at that time when I used to come around, this was it. And so I praise God that the Spirit is still at work with us. And God's grace is being manifested in our midst. Amen. All right. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. We want to acknowledge your sovereignty, your power, your love for us. We ask that you bless us this moment. You honor your word in our lives. You will strengthen us in every area. You will take us a step forward for the purposes wherein we are being called. Holy Spirit divine, minister to us. You are the spirit of truth. Bless every heart. Bless every life. Strengthen us. Open our eyes that we may see. Our ears that we can hear. Our heart that we can perceive. We trust you, O Lord, for our fellowship this moment. You dwell among the congregation of the saints. And you have the praises and the worship of your people. You approve your presence with us this day. Let your presence continue to be with us as we study your word. We hear your word. And let your presence continue to be tangible in all aspects of our lives. That we will not live here as we came. And that we would declare that the Lord has been good to us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. I'm going to read from the, sum, uh, the topic for today is Jesus declared that he is the vine. Thank God I'm from the vine institute. So we're going to read from the book of John. The book of John is a very rich book. Very, very, very rich book. And uh, we normally ask new Christians to read the book of John because it's full of revelations, full of divine relationships. And so we're going to read from the book of John chapter 15. I'll be reading up to verse number 17. John 15, verse number 17. We have it on the screen, so maybe I can read from there too. So, yeah, let's start from verse number one, please. I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already cleansed because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abide in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bear much fruit. 
For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciple. As the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandment and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man, no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you my friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known unto you. You did not choose me, but I have chosen you. I have and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I commanded you, that you love one another. Amen. If you were a first century Jew... And heard for the first time in your life that Jesus was the true vine. And his people were the branches. You should have, you will have a mixed feeling. On the other hand, you will be quite familiar with the idea of comparing people to vines. And vineyards. Grapevines were a familiar site in the Palestinian area, Palestine area in those days. And our Bible, the Old Testament, frequently referred to Israel as being a vine that God planted. You may have recited Psalms 80 in your morning prayers all the time. In verse number 8 and 9, the psalmist says to God, You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and filled the land. You will know that you know how God brought Israel out of Egypt and planted Israel in the promised land. You will have also read the words of Hebrews prophet 
who liken Israel to a vine or vineyard. You will recall the words of Hosea who said that Israel was a luxuriant vine that yields its fruit. Hosea 10.1 Hosea meant that Israel increased in prosperity but he went on to say that Israel prosperity unfortunately led to increase in idolatry. The more they have fruit, the fruit were increased, the more they built altars to serve different gods. You may have also chanted these words of Isaiah. My beloved had a vineyard on a, on variety fertile hill, on a very fertile hill, sorry. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. No doubt you were hunted time and again with the words of God spoken to his people through Jeremiah. I planted you as a choice vine from the purest stock. How then did you turn degenerate and become a wild vine? That would have reminded you and me of Ezekiel's chilling words spoken against Judah. This thus says the Lord, like the wood of the vine among the trees of the forest, which I have given to the fire for fuel. So I give up the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Throughout the scriptures in the Old Testament, we come across Israel being referred to as vine. You as a first century Christian or a Jew will be very familiar with this symbolic meaning of vine and vineyard like you and I. In fact, the idea was so prevalent in the first century that in one of his parable, Jesus expressly made use of the vineyard as a symbol for Israel in Mark chapter 12, verse 1 to 12. Jesus concluded the parable by saying that the owner will destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. In response to the parable, the religious leaders wanted to arrest Jesus because they realized that he had told his this parable against them. So the symbolism of vineyard was not lost throughout the scriptures and for Jesus to say in John 15 verse number 1. So however, just you will be familiar with biblical references, vine and vineyard, that will not necessarily make it what easy for you to understand how Jesus could be the true vine. And Jesus expressed this. So Jesus telling us that he is a true vine was not an accident. For this reason, the gospel of John referred to Jesus not simply as the vine, but more specifically as the true vine. The implication is that in contrast to Israel, which becomes 
unfaithful and incurred the judgment of God, Jesus remained faithful and thus fulfills Israel's calling to the to be the vine of God. So the vine has uh, has come a long way in symbolic history as it has been used to symbolize various things from Templar blessings to strength, determination, endurance, survival, and progress among others. So it gives symbol it, it gives a symbol that Jesus is now telling us about the fact that he is the true vine. So the reason why Jesus said he is the true vine because there are some vines mentioned in the scriptures which refers to Israel. And here he is using, uh, he's trying to qualify himself here that he is the true vine. And if you study the Bible carefully, the final I am of Jesus to his disciples on the night that he was arrested on their way to Gethsemane, they came across vine, vine yard and he decided to use it to speak to them about this divine truth of who he is to his people. And so if you study carefully what we just read, it's talking about promises and command. Promises and command that Jesus was talking to his disciples. And if you take your time to understand this portion of scriptures, when Jesus said, I am the true vine, the subtitle for this message is talking about divine relationships. It's about divine relationship. Divine relationship. Divine relationship produce supernatural ability and fruitfulness in the life of every Christian. So Jesus said he's the vine, the true vine anyway, and we are the branches. And he's talking about our relationship with him, our connectedness with him. And in connection, there are two pieces, two things that form connection. Relationship and communication. And Jesus is telling us that he is a true vine. And we are the branches. If you study the Bible carefully, you could see that believers are called into the life of fruitfulness. Believers are called into the life of fruitfulness. The, the, the word fruitfulness is mentioned about 36 times in the Bible. And the word fruit is about 200 times, 200 times in the Bible. So God is interested in we being fruitful in every area of our life. And so this message that Jesus was giving to his disciples was a very deep message who is going to last with us till eternity even right in his presence. So believers are called into a life of fruitfulness. So fruitfulness is a life of 
the life of the riches, creativity, ability, potential, character, and the power of God, which I call divine life. Peter talks about the fact that God has made us to become partakers of his divine nature. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life abundant. So the abundant life is a divine life. A life without limitation. A glorious life. Transcendent life. A life full of power and divine potential. That's what we have been called into as God's people. And Jesus is making us aware that, hey guys, I am the I am the vine, and you are the branches. That connectedness, that that relationship, must be. So when I look at it, I came across about three forms of uh, four forms of relationship here. First relationship we are called for relationship divine. The vine and the branches. The first one, lazily between the gardener and the vine, that is God and Jesus. And Jesus stay connected to the Father to the point that he said, as I hear from my Father, I speak. And as I see my fathers do, I do it. So, so he, his connecting with the Father, his relationship with the Father was so strong, was so powerful that, that he never missed anything. He never missed anything. Only on the cross that he mentioned, Father, why have thou forsaken me? But throughout his work and his ministry on this planet and his purpose on this planet, he stayed connected. The point number two is relationship between the gardener and the one dresser and the branches that is God and us. So we have Jesus relationship with the Father and then the Father relationship with us. And then the third one is relationship between the vine and the branches. That is Jesus and us. Because he specifically mentioned it. That he is the vine. The true vine from the first statement. And we are the branches. So so he decided to tell us who we are. <laughs> so I want you to say to yourself that I'm a branch. Because Jesus said you are a branch. You cannot claim otherwise. Right? You cannot claim otherwise. But he was communicating a divine truth to us here. And he's explained it. This is one of the easiest parables of Jesus that you can understand. Anytime we read the Bible, we have three faces of it. The first face, you read it as it is. The first, second face, you read it to, to, to get applications out of it. How can I apply this Jesus was talking about into my life? And the third phase, we read it to, to be able to buy into the future. Because the word of God is also futuristic. And so he came, the, he, he came to our level to tell us that he, Jesus, is the vine. Don't claim that one for yourself. And he, and we are the branches. The four, fourth point I came across here, which is also very interesting for us to understand. The relationship between the branches, the branches and the branches. <laughs> the branches and the branches. And I'm happy that today's uh, worship and everything and communion was related to all this aspect. That the relationship between me and you, 
So relationship between Jesus and the Father, the relationship between you and the Father, the relationship between Jesus and you, the relationship between your brother and your sister, the one sitting behind you or in front of you or next to you, that is the body of Christ or the believers in a local church. And which calls for our unity, a sense of belonging, a sense of identity, and a sense of security. So the desire of God is to have a people that will love, obey, and follow him without reservation. That was a message he was communicating to us. That the desire of God is to have a people that will love, obey, and follow him without reservation. Without reservation. So as branches, our part is to abide and to obey. That's what he was telling us. If you really came across the word abide, abide, abide nine times, abide, 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 abide. And the first time I read the scripture about John 15, 16, when he said that you have not chosen me, I say, yes, sir. But I have chosen you, I say, that is true. And I did not just choose you like that. I chose you so that you may bear fruits. I say, hey, what is this? Uh, we may bear fruits, and after bearing fruits, that is a very serious scripture I've ever come across. As we bear fruit, anything we will ask him, he will give it to us. I say, hey, this is serious. If I bear fruit, anything I ask you, you're going to do for me? I say, okay, let me think a little bit about this scripture, because it's a very, very serious scripture. Maybe you have not looked at it. And you see, you want something from Jesus. <laughs> he said that if we bear fruits, then anything we ask, we're going to get it. I say, what? That's a very deep scripture. Very, very serious scripture in the Bible. Telling us what we need to do, and after doing that, anything we ask, we get it. So as branches, our part is to abide and to obey. So, I want to mention two things here that we're going to look through, and I'll, I'll close you by 2 o'clock. The first thing is that he mentioned the word abide. So, the word abide is very important word for him. Abide, 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 abide. It's very important for Jesus. So, I try to look at the word abide. And I came across to remain. To remain continuously, to remain continuous, to, to, to be, to be in a position continuously. Wow. To be in a position continuously. And I was thinking about that. Ah, sometimes we need the Christian walk with God is ups and downs. So Jesus had to let us know that, hey, stay Stay, stay online, stay, stay online. Because sometimes there are zigzags and bumps ups and down. And there's a tendency for you to miss it. So say, abide, abide, stay put. Stay here, stay here, don't move. 
Don't move. It's scary, but remain there. Remain there. Things are not easy, but remain there. Remain there. What is he talking about? He's talking about a heart connection. A heart connection. Stay there. Stay there. Don't move. Abide. Remain. Or to stay close. Get close to me. Get close to me. Or to settle in for what? A long time. Now, our calling is to settle in for a long time for till eternity. Ours is not like the marriage that they said that till death do you apart. In our case, even after death, that's why we are going to celebrate the feast. So we stay in long term, abide, abide. So you are giving us a revelation so that he can take care. Stay, abide, so that I can take care, I can be responsible. I can, I can, I can protect you, I can guide you, I can still strengthen you. You just stay there. Don't move, don't move. Stay there because the tendency for us to move is easy. It's easy. Dwelling in a place for a long time. Because environment will change, situations will change, economy will change, nations will change, cultures will change. But say, stay there, remain there, don't move, be, be, be there, be there, let me take care. Be there, don't me take care. So if you read from verse 1, verse one to 9, abide there. I put it divine connection. Divine connection. That's what he's talking about. Total allegiance to Jesus. Total allegiance to Jesus. I don't know about you, but uh, when I became a U.S. citizen, they will ask you to pledge an allegiance. Allegiance, changing, changing your country. I don't know whether some of you have explained that. You may think you are joking, but it's for real. So when Jesus talk up, abide, he's talking about divine connection. And in this divine connection, he's talking about total allegiance to Christ. These days, we don't use that word for ourselves, allegiance. Is that how you say it? Yeah, we don't use it. Total allegiance to Jesus. But when I'll give you an example, when we are swearing in as uh, becoming an American citizen, we call it pledge of allegiance. Or even government, wherever, if you want to be a president, you swear, you pledge an allegiance to the constitution to defend it, wherever. That's what happens. You don't back off. You don't back off. That's why Jesus said, I ain't nobody who put his hand in the plower and look back. It's not fate. <laughs> you got to stay there. He's not forcing us, but he's talking about how much he cherished us. So that he can be responsible of us. Yeah. He's not forcing you. But he's telling, he wants to be, I've never come across in my life that God wants work to do. Jesus wants to be responsible. A responsible husband. That's why he's jealous of you, right? Yes, because he wants to be responsible. And so, but for him to manifest full responsibility, we have to have a full allegiance to him as his people. That's why he kept on saying, abide, abide, about nine times. 
Abide with me. Abide. Don't take, don't move out. And he, he even told us that if you move out, you're not going to bear fruit. Because he said, without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. So allegiance is to be loyal or faithful to a person. Loyal and faithful to Jesus. Jesus is our bridegroom, right? We got to be loyal and faithful to Jesus. And as the vine, Jesus provides all the nourishment we need for us to flourish in this life. Because we are connected to the vine and the branch cannot bear fruit on its own. So, the, But it is the branch that bears fruit. Those of you have seen a vine tree. It's the, it's the branch that bears fruit. So if the branch is pulled off from the, the main vine tree, there will be no way that you are going to bear fruit. So he said, when you stay connected, I will nourish you. No matter the situation you find yourself, I'm going to nourish you. I'm going to nourish you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to empower you. Stay connected. That's what he's talking about here. So we got to be connected so that we can be nourished and flourish in life. That is his will for us to flourish in this life. Because the Bible said the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. So by abiding, you and I stay connected to him, drawing spiritual strength, nourishment from him, affording us his power to flow through us, causing us to be fruitful for his glory and for his praise. Causing us to be fruitful for his glory and his praise. And when Jesus was talking about divine life flowing through us here, he's talking about all areas of our life. All areas of our life. Sometimes Christians think that we got to be only spiritual and then we miss other areas. No. It's all areas of our life. So if we abide in his love, we can experience his joy to the fullest. No matter the situation we find ourselves, regardless of what is happening, we can experience his joy to the fullest. So we need to develop spiritual sensitivity so that we can receive refreshing from above and experience divine capacity to be able to hear his voice. That's what he's talking about. He cherishes us. My sheep hear my voice. Stay connected so that when I speak, you can hear. I can direct you. I can give you guidance. I can show you the way. Because many times we get confused. We don't know what to do. We don't know what is happening around us. And Jesus said, if you are connected, I can speak to you. I can direct you. Say, I'll come behind you and whisper to you and say, this is the way. Walk in it. Move this way. Because life is made up of decisions and choices. But Jesus wants to do that on our behalf. And so as we abide in him, I realize that the more we abide in him, the more we will understand his mission. His mission. The mission of Christ. 
his mission. The more we abide in him, the more we cultivate or we experience his character. I call it conformity theory. That we shall be conformed into the image and the likeness of God. You see, when we don't abide in him, conforming into the image and the likeness of God becomes a struggle. You want to do it yourself. But when we are still connected, the branch doesn't struggle to bear fruit because the vine produces all the nutrients and the resources in it. The branch just has to hang in there and then give away the flowers and the flowers turn into seed, right? And fruits, that's what it is. And he wants us to come to that level so that he can flow through us. He can flow through us. And he mentioned it in the scriptures. The more we abide in him, in this divine connection, the more we experience his power. We all know that God has power, right? But God wants his power to flow through us. We are his people. We are his workmanship. So he is the vine and we are the branches so that he can flow, his power can flow through us. He is full of power. He wanted to flow through us, wherever we may be, wherever we may go as God's people. So, the first thing we are learning is abide. We ought to learn how to abide. You know, we are Christians, right? And Jesus knew that those people were his disciples. But why should he tell them that they should abide? So, how can a Christian abide? All of you will bear me witness that when you stop praying, something is happening to you. When you stop worshiping God, something is happening to you. When you stop studying the Bible, something is happening to you. You try it and see. One week, two weeks, stop praying, stop worshiping, and you see that you are backing off gradually from the vine. The connection, the connectivity, you are backing off gradually, gradually, and you find yourself manifesting the old lifestyle. Yes, I don't know why it is like that. If you stop reading Bible, my friend, you can act like any animal. Oh yeah, you can misbehave. When you stop praying, you can misbehave. When you stop worshiping, you can misbehave. That's why I say stay connected. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about so that you can be refreshed all the time. Your peace can be multiplied. Your grace can be multiplied. Your joy can be multiplied. Stay connected. If you don't stay connected, you are losing your joy. You are losing your peace. And things that you are not, you are experiencing some confusion around you. So that is how he's talking about as a child of God. So in that case, we have to understand, are you enjoying worship? Are you enjoying the word of God? Are you enjoying fellowshipping? Are you enjoying sharing your faith? If you are enjoying it, that means you are connected. You are connected. If you are not enjoying it, 
means that you are losing something because you cannot see with your eyes, natural eyes, and see whether you are connected or you are not connected. But Jesus is talking to his people, his children. Stay connected. So when I'm out of joints or connection, I must know that I am out. The, third, the second thing we want to look at, and then I'll bring my message to a close. Don't be scared that I'm going to spend two hours, okay? <laughs> From this scripture, we saw Jesus gave us promises and commandments. And a command. From John 1, John 15, 1 to verse 17. From verse 1 to 9, he talks about the abiding peace. And then from verse 10 to 17, it's a command. It's a command. He gave us commandment. And what are we supposed to do with commandment? We are just to what? Obey. It's as simple as that, right? Yeah, what you are supposed to do with commandment? Just to obey. And so here, Jesus gave a promise to his disciples that he is a vine and we are the branches. We are connected. We are his people. We hold on his life. We are the salt of this earth. We are the light of this world. And he gave us command. And the command here was what? To do what he is telling us. Many people don't want commands. Hello? I don't want command. So, when God is giving us command, David, the word commandment, we don't want to mention it anymore. But the word commandment simply means the word of God. So, people are scared when you use the word command, command. But I love commandments. And so, the first one about abide means divine connection. The second one, obey, means divine submission. Divine submission. Divine submission. God is giving us these things, and his desire is for us to bear fruit. Because a fruitful life is a blessed life. He wants people to see our fruit so that they will say, hey, there's God. God is blessing these people spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, Economical, God is blessing these people. So he has a desire for us to see us being fruitful. That's why you use a serious word that if you don't stay connected, you'll be cut off. If you don't bear fruit, you'll be cut off and you shall be used as firewood. So if we obey him fully, we are his friends. And share in his life. That's why he said. We are his friends. And we share in his life. Number two. If we obey. We are to remain in constant submission. And humbleness. To the lordship of Jesus. Let me let me pause here. Peter was talking to the people. And he said. This same Jesus that you crucified, God has made him Lord in Christ. Many a times we don't talk about the Lordship of Jesus much. When you say Jesus is your Lord, that's why when we preach to people, I say, say Jesus, 
you are my Lord and Savior. Save me. Save me. The ancient Roman Empire, they understood the word lordship to the point that when they arrest you as a Christian, what they require from you is to denounce the lordship of Christ. And if you're able to denounce the lordship of Christ, they let you go for free. So, in divine submission, we are recognizing the lordship of Christ in our lives. And Lord, Lord simply means master. Is Jesus our master these days? Or we are making argument with Jesus? Oh, we, we are, we are questioning him about some stuff. Oh, Jesus, I understand what you're saying, but I don't care about it. <laughs> Ordinary judges, we call them my Lord, my Lord, right? When we talk about the lordship of Jesus, we are talking about his sovereignty. And we should be willing to submit fully to the lordship of Jesus. That he is our master. Whatever he tells us, no, that's what we got to do. That is how it is. Because the more, the, when we claim the lordship of Christ, we break the power of Satan in any area of our life. Darkness expelled from us when we accept the lordship of Christ in full. Because the light just when we accept the full, the fullness of the lordship of Christ, we are fully translated from powers of darkness into his marvelous light. And demons' power is broken over our lives. So Jesus was communicating here, he wants to be more responsible, spiritually and physically in our lives. If we can recognize the lordship of Christ fully, that means every area of our life has been submitted to Jesus. Including our wallet. Hello. What did I say? Including our wallet. Is your wallet, the lordship of Christ over your wallet. When you're talking about giving, hello to Jesus, right? When, when you, you are under lordship of Christ, all your money belongs to him. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't laugh because I saw that you were very serious, right? I'm talking about your wallet, your checkbook. <laughs> So, <laughs> people think that in John 15, Jesus was playing games. No, it was a deep message that he was communicating to his disciples. So, we have to accept the lordship, total submission to Jesus, divine submission as being humble to Jesus Christ and accept his lordship over your life. I surrender, Lord. It's not me, but it is you. Until we come to that realization will still be falling short of fruit bearing. Yeah, we'll fall short of how to bear fruit. So, we claim to be Christians, we claim to be God's people, but when it comes to the Lordship of Jesus, we argue with him. That's why he said, you people call me, Lord, 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 but your hearts are far away from me. You call me Lord, but you can do whatever you like. You call me Lord, but you don't follow what I tell you. You call me Lord, but you don't even love one another. Is that how you call me Lord? Is that your definition for lordship? That's what he's talking to us today. 
that we got to come to a position of divine submission. To recognize Jesus as the only source of our existence. Hello? You see, when we, until we recognize Jesus as the only source of our existence, our faith cannot function fully. Our faith. Because we, we are tempted to believe in other things as a source of our existence, right? Some people believe in their insurance than Jesus. Yeah, they do the insurance for their health insurance. They believe that one more than Jesus Christ. But I want to announce to you that Jesus can heal without medication. He can perform surgery without cut open his patients. You are talking about Jesus. Let us look at him as how he is. Don't let us create Jesus in a different form with our mindset. We have to recognize him as the source of our existence so that his power can manifest in our lives. His power. Because when you have alternatives, we lose focus. But if you can see him as the source of our life, amen. Amen. Yes. I remember last year when we closed down churches and then churches decided to go back and uh, we fellowship in another church. So they asked him, Peter, are you guys coming? I said, no, I'm not coming now. They say, why? I said, I want to hear Jesus telling me that it's time to open the church and nobody will be affected by any virus. I want to hear that voice as a pastor. Until I hear that voice, I'm not opening the church. So what do I do to hear that voice, to seek his face? Until he clearly spoke to me. I said, now, let's open the church. Because I've heard a voice. None of you, your life will be lost. So we are, when we stay connected, we can hear. We can hear. It's not fun. Christianity is not fun. Christianity is about destiny. Destiny. And Jesus was very, very serious. Total dependency on Jesus. He can do anything. He can give you peace. I know about that one. Having absolute faith and trust in Jesus. That's what it's talking about. Having absolute faith and trust in Jesus. And trust in Jesus. Having absolute faith and trust in Jesus. He will not disappoint us. He is still alive, right? And he's still praying for us. So when it comes to divine submission, our willingness to listen and follow the leadings and the guidance of Jesus. To love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and do his will. Not my will, but let your will be done. And in closing, I want to say, many a times, our self, self, S-E-L-F, becomes a hindrance for us to experiencing divine relationship with Jesus in the area of divine connection and divine submission. Ourself, that means lack of total dedication and commitment to Jesus. So we are, this scripture is calling us into a life of total dedication and commitment to Jesus. He is a vine. And we are the branches. How will you describe your connection with Jesus Christ today?
How will you describe it? How are we going to describe it today? Are we the abiding branch? Thoroughly connected to him and hanging in there as the only source of our life? Are we still looking at him as the soon coming king? Or we are frustrated about what is going on around us and within us and in the community? Or he is our source? Let us stay connected and we will never lack the joy and the peace and the life of Christ. God bless you. Shall we pray? I just want you to talk to God for a minute. What did you receive this morning? Talk to God to give you the grace. Talk to God to help you. Jesus said he is the vine and we are the branches. He is the vine. Talk to God, please. Talk to God personally. Talk to God personally. He is the true vine. He is the true vine. Talk to him. Talk to him. And let him heal your heart. Are you close or you are far? In relationship, if you are close, you know it. If you are far, you know it. Emotional separation. Emotional separation. How far are you close to Jesus? Did you feel, do you normally feel him? Do you have the joy to worship him and to praise him? The joy to share your faith and to read your word, to read the Bible. How close are you to Jesus? How close are you? Heavenly Father, we come before you at this moment. It's such a rich scripture you have given us. On your way to Gethsemane where you were arrested and you didn't have the opportunity to preach to your disciples anymore until you resurrected and you visited them. We are thanking you for this pep talk that you've had with us today through the Apostle John. Telling us who you are, what we are, and how you wanted to stay connected in relationships to abide with you and to obey you so that we can bear fruit that the world may know that these people you can't mess up with them these people carry your presence these people carry your power these people carry your nature we are praying oh God that this your word that you declare to us that you are the true vine we will continue to reflect on it and get deeper and deeper so that our life will flourish alongside with your life so that you can manifest yourself through us. You will show forth your wisdom through us. Your grace will be sufficient in every area of our life. 
regardless of whatever we see and we experience in these last days in our society in around the world, that we will look up to you and that we will continue to trust in you and let your lordship prevail over our lives. I pray, O oh God, for everyone at the sound of my voice, our brothers and sisters and our friends who are participating on, on Facebook Live and other media platforms. We pray that God's hand will reach upon you right now and bring total restoration and healing in your soul, in your spirit, and in your mind. That the presence of God will be tangible in every area of your life. We speak that the power of God shall prevail over your life. And that wherever you have missed it, wherever you have been misconnected, we bring you back to connect to the vine, to connect to the vine, so that you will bear much fruit. That the glory of the Lord will radiate on your face. That the Lord will continue to lift you high. And that the Lord's presence will lead and guide you in all your ways. I pray, O oh God, for the fellowship church. I know how much I've been, I've been drinking from here, the well of life, the river of life that you, you have been using to strengthen me since I came to this, na- uh, this nation in, in the state of Utah. I pray that that well of life will continue to flow in the fellowship. That presence will continue to flow. That prophetic anointing will continue to flow. That divine love will continue to flow. That agape love will continue to flow. That this place shall be a place of rest. A place of divine rest. A place of healing. A place of restoration. A place of glory. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for what you are doing in our lives. Your name be glorified and be exalted. We submit to your sovereignty. We submit to your lordship. Give us the grace to abide. The grace to obey your sweet, small voice, and to walk in your will and to fulfill your purpose in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.